One one other game of note. Uh, Virginia Tech plays Richmond. Would, would it not be the funniest <laughs> ever <laughs> if Justin Fuente's time at Virginia Tech ended the way Bronco Mendenhall's at Virginia began? And that's with a loss to the Richmond Spiders. That's when sports and art combine. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Right. Welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everybody. This is Miley, legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us online at www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, RIP, Stitcher, etc., etc. We're out there on the World Wide Web. Uh, my name is Logan Whitehouse, coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. Um, had a rainy couple of days here in Stewart, but, uh, you know, can't complain. Life is good. Just getting up early, drinking the coffee, sending the emails. Can't, you know, looking forward to another football weekend. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we've also had a rainy day and a half or so in the past. Uh, today, just slow, steady. A soaking rain came to the valley today. Um, it was one of those days where if I was in college, that would have been a hard skip day. Just like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get notes from a friend on on this day. Uh, but yeah, it's been good. Um, still sent emails, overcame the temptation to just nap in the afternoon. I, oh boy. I provided value for the shareholders as best as I could. Um, I'm on twitter.com at Shank Jordan, and yeah, I'm excited to make picks tonight so that we can all stay profitable through four weeks. It would be a real banner year for the boys. Can't go three and two of, if you don't uh, if you don't make picks. You know, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure in that sentence. Uh, my name is Jason Kreck. I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where the rain is pattering on my roof. So peacefully right now. Um, just a delightful, delightful rainy evening. Farmers are happy, so we're all happy. Uh, I tweet things at Jason Crick and am very excited to watch uh, college football most of the day Saturday and then watch the Ryder Cup all day on Sunday. I'm going to do nothing except that. Mm. It's going to be delightful. Yeah, definitely won't be disappointing in any form or fashion, I'm sure. No, I'm definitely definitely not going to get completely let down by the fact that our entire team hates each other. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Hey, it's going to be fine. People are saying the Lakers often hated each other, and they were always great, you know? So what what can you do? Um, Are any of you gentlemen playing fantasy football this year? I'm not. Against all better judgment, of course. You're back in the league. The league is still rolling, Jason. It's always that's the same league. Yep. Mm. Same ten guys for like since you left, I think. Since I left, I did not leave. I was. You you did leave. It was forcible, but you left. It was not of your own accord. All right. Well, that's that's a creative retelling. Yeah, saying he left makes it sounds like it was his decision. 
I will always hold that I got railroaded in that situation. I you paid did. My, you... I paid my money. Like it's they they no, make you... it seem like like they they made like a, a it was like a morality judgment. Like it ethically, was, was they very, had to kick me out. It's all very stupid. Because like, there are people like, in know, the league now that have given up more than you did, right. And are still in the league. It's all very dumb. Unbelievable. It, that, that they was were looking. They were me. looking to to downsize the company, and you were the last game, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's really fun i haven't done fantasy in like three four years now it's kind of great i get i think about it i miss drafting i don't miss fantasy football i think all. that's right i think that's the week right. to week yeah. the week to week grind of it is really oh, no, terrible. It's awful it's just um, just the worst like if you ever scratch that I usually just like jump into like the mock drafts that you can do like online. <laughs> no, no i do not just do like that. take I, tim tebow number one no i i have a i have a college football podcast that is enough nerd <laughs> nerding out uh, into the uh, void Colton, for me friend friend and, and general counsel of the podcast colton puckett and i every july we're like all right we're quitting this year right we're not doing it we're not doing it this year and then here we are we're two weeks in i mean drafting is fun it's a fun event right it's yeah. fun to get around it's fun to make fun of your friends you know there's yep. a fair amount of shenanigans and gravity that goes on so you know it's always good but anyhow very good you guys uh you guys drinking anything this evening yeah i've got more uh cranberry lime polar we're gonna oh. we're gonna be consistent this week love it that's back great to back episodes with the same bubblies i hear jason popping bottles i did i did pop bottles i have one of the last uh tropicana citrus ipas in my fridge oh. it is not not, not my go-to but it is okay. cold and here and i will say that advantage over everything that that uh the sound of that sounds like something that would be in my wheelhouse. I love a nice citrusy pale. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's heavy seas uh, up in uh, Maryland. Yeah, I believe. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I yeah. think I have had one of theirs. Interesting. Uh, I'm working on a uh, raspberry lime spindrift. Mm. So, but I still need to dive into the spindrift. Got the years. Gators Cup. It's a tough. It's tough to pull the trigger when they're like six bucks for eight. You have to catch them on sale, yeah. and then they're a great deal. Well, and even more great of a deal because they're so expensive to start with. But well, yeah, and like the the San Pellegrino like Ascenzas are kind of the same way. It's like oh, those are good though. Top, oh, they are. But those are really good. <laughs> you yeah. gotta catch them on sale. Exactly. Yeah, the spindrifts were they were um, Bogo fairly recently. Oh. So. I snacked. I snacked down on those a little bit, you know. Got all these freaking people coming to the house drinking all my bubbly water, so unbelievable. <laughs> got got nothing but light beers in the fridge, and these people are sucking down the bubblies. Come on. Anyhow. All right, cool. Well, we'll move it on here. Lovely to see you guys. Happy Wednesday. Look at us. Yeah. Moving, moving right along. Um, wanted to uh, take a quick stock of things. We had mentioned this. Uh, it's about it's about that time. We have some coaches that are putting up some rough performances. We have a couple jobs that are open officially. I, I wanted to quickly, before we get into the games for this weekend, take stock of where we are on the coaching carousel um, to see if uh, if if anybody has any 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 thoughts, opinions, things of that nature. So two open jobs to start: UConn and USC, wide open uh, currently. You know, pretty much good, the same, pretty much the same tier of job. Yeah, I think they're yeah, probably good, similar good. targets. It's really begin good with you. Yep, yeah, right. USC had to jump on, jump on the, uh, get a jump on, you know, on it because they got the pressure yeah. from UConn. Yeah, you can't let yeah. UConn be the only guy on the dance floor. Exactly. You can't. Exactly. You can't do that. You can't do it. 
see what I did there? <laughs> uh, anyhow, <laughs> I was uh, I was gonna lob out a couple um, to see what you guys were thinking. How do we feel about Manny Diaz at Miami? <laughs> That's a good question. Football Scoop dropped an article today. Did they? Uh, suggesting that there are boosters already ready mm. to move on, and uh, if if they did so, that Mario Cristobal would be target number one and that they also recognize they probably wouldn't get Mario Cristobal. So yeah. it's this all this whole thing is weird to me because he went six and seven his first year and then he went eight and three last year and now he's in the hot seat. Yeah. That's confusing to me. The eight and three last year, did it get off to a rocky start though? It didn't uh, feel like eight and three. It was like, not it was that, not a that was the worst eight. feeling eight yeah. and three. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, that's. I, mean, I think they no. They so they pissed they, out of they, It was the opposite. Okay. Um, so they won their first three. They lost at Clemson, at sure. number seven team in the country. They got blasted. Then they won their next five. Right. And then they got hammered by North Carolina at home, and then they lost to Oklahoma State in the bowl by three. And yeah, that was, it. So that was the whole season. Stripe bowl. The Cheez It Bowl. Oh. Yeah. Apologies to the Cheez Its. Yeah. Cheese exactly. Bowl, and then so they were six and seven the year before that. When was the year that they were good and they beat Notre Dame? And it was like, oh man, it's the U is back, baby. Like that was felt that, that feels last year. It, it, it can't have been that feels so long ago now. But was that Manny Diaz's first year? Might no, that was nineteen and twenty years. His only two years, they didn't beat Notre Dame. They didn't play Notre Dame his first year. He, he has never played Notre Dame. What what Miami coach am I like blank, blanking on? Did did we miss one in between? Hold on. Uh, yeah, and... yeah, yeah. It was Mark Rick. Mark Rick. <laughs> Mark Rick. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay, so that was a Mark Rick team. Thank you. Holy and geez, that that's again feels like ancient history at this point. He was coming back to save the program. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of people that will tell you the only reason they were able to hire or pay a buyout from Temple for Manny Diaz, who was the coach there for three weeks, was because I think Mark Rick like gave his money back to the university um i don't know i i think miami and florida state are in similar spots financially where i think they're it's going to be they're going to be hard pressed to upgrade in name but they might florida state especially uh miami might be able to rattle some cages and get some stuff together but uh yeah it just seems really weird the vibes the vibes seem off you know we're we're, yep. we're big on uh we're big on vibes around here and they they seem off Miami's had good recruiting classes too. Like they've had like top ten recruiting classes. You wouldn't know it. Two or three them, but... in the ACC. Um, yeah, I mean, haven't really. When was the last time Miami developed a quarterback? Great question. I mean, that that's the, the one they're rocking with now was a, a Houston product. So. Exactly, and and before that it was Incosi Perry, and then it was Jaron Williams, and it was Tate Martell, briefly, very briefly. Legend. You know, I mean, and he was a transfer too, but you know, there was there were guys there that were sort of going to take the reins and take the next step, and none of them ever did. All of them are playing elsewhere now, and Derek King is the quarterback. I think they got some highly regarded freshmen um, on the roster, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm kind of I'm very curious about Miami and their defense has kind of used to used to be like their strong point, and that has let them down. And that is, I mean, Manny calls the place on defense, so. Not 
tremendous look. Nowhere to hide. All around nowhere to hide. I mean, you know, so anyhow. All right. Well, so I, I think Miami, there could be some movement in Miami if if things continue to go kind of the way that they're trending, which I, I don't know. I mean, what is the way they're trending? They barely eked out a win over App State as their that's their one win this year. Yeah. They got beat by Michigan State and they got stomped by Alabama. So, you know, that's that's tough. Um but if if like at the end of the year Miami's seven and five, I can't imagine that like they're super duper excited about the direction of the program. So anyway. uh all right. I, I, I put Florida State on here only because like things are very bad there, but there's no way. I, I, I just think there's no way that they could like realistically make a move unless they go like winless. Um, I doubt that happens. Um, I think Norvell's a good dude and, uh, you know, can, can, can call some plays, but I don't know. I think, I think he might need to move into the territory of like, needs to get a defensive coordinator that he doesn't, that isn't tied to him. That isn't a yes man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, they don't seem well put together on that side of the ball. They don't seem well put together on offense either, but. Um, again, like Miami, you could usually count on defense at Florida State, and that has been kind of letting them down. So, uh, curious. I would, I, I could foresee some like major staff changes there, but I doubt they make a move at head coach. Or we get one of those like Scott or Scott is the name Scott Mike Mike Norvell uh, is uh, you know has announced that he will not be calling the plays. Like he's going to shift the play calling duty so he can serve as more of a ceo role like we're gonna get like that kind of announcement that like really means nothing but is the kind of announcement that you know maybe maybe puts the minds at ease and they'll bring in like gene chiswick or someone to be like the associate head coach and defensive coordinator oh get larry fedora back this is primed this is primed for one of those special assistant to the head coach exactly exactly um all right virginia tech vpi as as they are also known I think the seat is still warm there. Yeah. I think there's. I think it's still probably in the next. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they could. They could go for a change. Any thoughts? I. No, it's it's always just a weird. I don't know who's clamoring to hire him, but I. It's always just a very weird feeling, and like you're. There's that meme that always goes around, like the Justin Fuente life cycle, and it's like. Massive win, like gain some recruits, fall apart against somebody, lose recruit. Like it's, it, <laughs> yeah. it feels like they're spinning wheels in Blacksburg. Do you think that they are trying to like play it out long enough that they can hire Beamer? <laughs> like, do you think, I think that's that their, would be ideal? Do you think for there's them. long? That's their yeah. Like, do you think that's their idea? But I don't, I don't know, goal? like how how attractive he sees that job. Well, I I don't know either, but it's the same thing as like, I mean, I know, I mean, I don't know that Dan Levitard is a huge college football insider, but he has (laughs) unique insight into the Cuban American community in Miami. And the only thing that would bring crystal ball back to Miami would be that it's home. Like he's from Miami. He's proud Cuban American. And like that population of people is like family ties mean a lot. Right. So like, but that seriously is, can that has to be the only selling point on like crystal ball coming to Miami. So I, I just wonder if there's a little bit of that in with Virginia tech. I mean, geez, Louise having a Beamer as, as the big whistle at Virginia tech would probably just be awesome. 
but yeah, that's a good point, Jordan. What what does he how, how does he see that job? Or is it one of those things like Scott Frost at Nebraska? Like, is it a no win situation if you don't like win a national championship or something like that? Well, yeah, because I keep I keep thinking like who who recently turned down their alma mater and I think it was like Venables, and Venables yeah. might have had some other reasons too, but he was just like sure. There have been at least one or two guys recently who basically flat out said no to their alma mater because they didn't want that extra mm-hmm. added like emotional pressure familiarity right. that comes with it. So I can only imagine how awkward that could potentially be if you're yeah. Shane Beamer and you're now looked upon as, oh, you you can come reignite the magic of your father. Right. After either having one or even if it's like happens next year, you know, I think we all kind of see this as an inevitability that Virginia Tech's going to be doing another coaching search here in the next year or two. But um, I am fascinated by like who Virginia Tech hires, though, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like they seem like a, a very brandy kind of school. Like they have a particular brand of football and brand of guy and. Like they're kind of, you know, the big ticket in town uh, for sure. Right. And it's, I don't know, it, it, it's intriguing to me because uh, I would say that they, I mean, they did a pretty good job. Who is the next AAC coach coming up through the ranks? Luke Fickle. I guess maybe they, copy, maybe they copy, copy UVA and bring Kalani Sataki over. Yeah. <laughs> Possible. That would be that would hilarious. be very funny. That would be super funny. What a what a culture fit in Blacksburg, you know? The, yeah, the that Simone would get the guy. really get the donors' pocketbook. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyhow, I mean, I, I we don't need to beat this up, but I I sometimes think like, man, you know, who would you cast as the next Virginia Tech head coach? Um, who was Louisiana's head coach? Uh, not Louisiana, formerly Louisiana Lafayette, the artist formerly known. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Coastal Billy Carolina Napier. coach is Billy Napier. Billy Napier. He he gets bandied about as like gonna be an yeah, SEC he's, coach. He's the annual rising star. So is Virginia Tech a big enough job for guy who is the next SEC coach? I don't know. If there's no SEC jobs open, or you get a shot at Vanderbilt, you probably would rather be Virginia Tech's coach than Vanderbilt's coach. Yeah, you're right. I would say a million times out of a million, but. Um, so I mean, he he's a name. Here's a guy. He's a name. What about but... uh, what about Coastal's coach? Yeah, yeah. Chadwell. He's got to go. He's got to go somewhere. He's got the hair for it. Yeah, He'll fit it right does. in. He's, um, bas- he's basically one of their own, living down in Myrtle Beach for several years. <laughs> Good point, uh, dude. I mean, if he brought that offense with him, I would be so insanely jealous of Virginia Tech. Yeah, I'd be terrified. I mean. <laughs> Their this offense is, this is, is the, pornographed. Like, catch twenty two of a, of a pending Louisiana yeah, yeah. Tech head coach. It's like, search. What it's like I'm morbidly curious because <laughs> I want to see how it plays out. But there's Tributes also that possibility that they just right. hit it out of the park oh, and yeah. hired Tony Bennett. Right, like their their football version of Tony Bennett, obviously. Maybe Clay Helton, the Clay Helton rehab stint starts in. Uh, or maybe Black's Clay play. Travis. He's been dipping his toe into football oh, recently. <laughs> Speaking of on brand. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> JK. Hello. Okay. So the next one up is Nebraska. Big job. 
uh, ostensibly. Do you honestly think that they move on from Frost? Probably not, but I don't know. I don't know what, what the money situation is. Yeah, I'm sure the money is not great, but this also seems like another one of those off-season news dump kind of like Scott Frost hires like totally new staff except for him. You know what I'm saying? Like this, we're heading towards the the year before you get fired when you hire all new assistants you've never talked to in your life and like new you strength know. and conditioning coach. You have a new Olympic lifting based strength and conditioning program to build explosiveness and uh, you know try to guard against injuries in your athletes. That's it's coming. I can feel it. But guess what? They still get hurt. At an amazing clip, right. December right. Uh, December football. vote of confidence is coming. Yes, yeah, yeah. The, it, the whole helmets to knees kind of thing sort of yep. doesn't matter if you can uh, snatch 185 pounds if you uh, if you just get blowed up. All right, so I mean, I don't think Nebraska is. I don't honestly care really at all about Nebraska, other than like this whole Scott Frost thing has been sort of fascinating because I like kind of wanted Florida to hire him, and now I'm looking at this like, wow, he. I don't think he was ready for a big job. Yeah. Um, I do could scoop him. There you go. There you go. Uh, I do sometimes think though, that the chip Kelly at Florida thing would have been exceedingly interesting. I yes. don't know how it would have gone. You would not have enjoyed it as much as you're enjoying the Dan Mullen. Probably experience. not immediately, but it would have been, it would have been fascinating for all of us. Yes. Oh, it would sure. have been more enjoyable for Jason and us and I, because we'd get to watch you moan about all of <laughs> chip kelly's intricacies and quirks weirdness just run the ball just run yeah. the ball and they they like they wouldn't inf- affect our emotions at all but we'd get to live vicariously through you just as much or as little as we wanted to chip kelly out here with just felipe franks oh man would have been would have been tough times would have been tough times so uh all right and then the next one up is syracuse again file this under jobs that i'm not like particularly like invested in who the coach at Syracuse is, but decent sized job. Um, and things seem to be going pretty bad for old Mr. Coach guy, Dino Babers up there. Yeah. yeah. Tough. They used to be a tough out. They don't even seem like they're not even like a blip on the radar. Yeah, this they were, year. they were, they were chaotic fun there. For it's been like, like a, a slow bleed out of their yeah. fun chaos too. Which I think like, did Dino do all you can do with Syracuse? Well, he certainly Even with didn't 10 and three, three years ago. Yeah, he certainly didn't maintain doing of the thing. I mean, there's other schools. Like, listen, not everybody can win all their games too, right? Like, other schools have gotten better. For what it's worth, Virginia has gotten better, right? They've stolen some wins from teams that used to win more games when Virginia was the team that was going 3-10 and 10 or 3-9. and nine. So, you know, th- th- those things happen. But uh, I don't know. It seems like the middle class of the ACC has – just been like a weird revolving door um like boston college for like there's an example occasionally they're like kind of good and you're like what is this boston college team and then also there's times you're like oh a pit you know all these teams are interchangeable nc state uh rotating cavalcade of yeah and i wonder like there's no quantifiable way to really put this in perspective but i'm i wonder how much the the transfer portal the relaxed transfer uh yeah. rules and regulations kind of impact teams like this where you have one good season and you have maybe a crop of core guys who like if they stayed together could could win you nine or ten games sure. it, as seniors but because you went five and seven like they'd rather go somewhere else yeah and and not see it through i'm i'm not commentating on 
whether that's good or bad. I'm just wondering how much that has impacted well, a school I mean, like Syracuse. Isn't, isn't, well, like we were just talking about Boston College, isn't the starting quarterback at Oregon a Boston College transfer? Uh, Anthony Brown, maybe? That rings a bell. Yeah. I think he is. But so, I mean, I think that was part of my preseason anal- analysis was like, wow, Oregon's really going to go out here with the Boston College quarterback as they're like, he's going to be the key well, to yeah, the top five. Uh, team. Tyler Shuck was gone. He transferred yeah. out. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I do think there's some merit to that. I think that some of the bigger brand schools get to use some of these other schools a bit as feeder programs. I mean, yeah. even at like Alabama, right? They they pillaged a couple good players from Tennessee, I think. I mean, Alabama's starting middle linebacker this year, Henry To Toe Toe is like he played for Tennessee last year. That's like one of Alabama's like chief rivals is Tennessee. Yeah. And he just transferred because they got new they got new coach and everything else. And I mean he's starting to play a middle linebacker. I mean the guy's gonna play in the NFL. So anyhow. Okay. Well those are the are there any others you guys want to toss out there for consideration? I would have put Louisville on here, but Satterfield seems to kind of have maybe turned a bit of a corner. It's a little quieter. Yeah, I think it's still early for Louisville. Yeah, for sure. Oh Early for oh. a lot of schools, TBH. True. That's true. Okay. All right, let's move on. We got some games this weekend and uh, this week even. So, uh, Jordan, Friday night, Wake at UVA. Big That's matchup. Right. Big matchup. You going to be there? I am going to effort to be there. I see the Love tickets it. can be had for around $10 once again on, on the third market, third-party market sites. So, uh yeah, might take a nice little jaunt down to Charlottesville after work on Friday. See, Love that. See what those cold light beers are about. Um, but, uh, yeah, I expect another track meet. I expect to be absolutely flummoxed by what <laughs> Sam Hartman is able to do to the UVA defense. Um, but points, I guess, are fun. I'm I'm still, you know, evolving as a consumer of Pointsy UVA football these days. So certainly more fun than not points. Yeah. And like having to rely on like a defense that you're like, well, I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just nice to like have a, a glimmer of hope in your defense. Like, oh, they could force oh, yeah. a punt here. Like they're capable of forcing a punt. I have no such confidence. Right. At, at this point. I, I will say it's been interesting. It's interesting to consume UVA because it's like their offense is crazy good. Yeah. And, and so, they don't even run the ball very well. No, no. But it's like they kind of can do really what they want to do. They got they got some dudes. Who is that Jelani? What's his name? Jelani Woods. Dude, Jason, have you seen this Jelani Woods character? He is huge. Mm. Straight out of central casting. I mean, this guy is huge. I don't know how they're not just just pitsing him all over the place. But anyhow, I think they tried to. A little He's bit. a little slower. 7, 265? Yeah. Transferred from he, Oklahoma State. He plays like uh, one of the uh, a, one of the UVA offensive of linemen was quoted as saying he can power clean the world. Was yeah. was the quote? He must have I'm the not surface cleaner attachment. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyhow. So I think the only note I have for this game: uh, Wayne Talapapa is doubtful with a concussion slash concussion like symptoms from the UNC game. I am excited to hopefully see more of Mike Hollins. The second string running back, he is a Louisiana kid. I think he brings a little more pizzazz and spark to the table. Than a little, cre- a little Creole does. seasoning to the yeah. offense, if you will. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, he's a little more exciting <laughs> of a of a 
runner slash receiver than Wayne is. They're they're different players, different styles of backs, obviously. Yeah. I th- I most guys named Wayne aren't yeah. really rocking the boat, you know. I want to see more of Mr. Hollins and what he can do. Jordan, do you find yourself just like yearning for like the the, the running backs to get carries? Kind of. I feel like you do. Yeah, I well, I just like I'm still not convinced that like throwing Armstrong 60 times a game is sustainable for success. Sure. No, I mean I I I get that. So I I kind of would like to see like oh yeah we have a capable run game that we could lean on if we sure. needed to, but you know yeah I'm just kind of wondering I was me being picky. I was in I was in a similar situation last year and but I got to the point with Florida that I was just like. Do not run the ball. Like, you know you're not good at it. Why are we wasting time even trying? Like, there's no point. You're not setting up any play action. You're not actually fooling anybody at this point. Like, you got horses. Feed the horses. But uh, I I, I understand it would be nice to be able to, like, you know, burn a play every now and then without your quarterback having to run for his life and, you know, potentially scramble out of the pocket and get crushed and throw a ball across his body and do some crazy things. But anyhow. Do some Michael Penix Jr. things. Well, go who's I, uh, and I'll, I'll keep an eye on this one. It'll be fun. Yeah. I think it's, uh, ESPN two, I believe. Oh, weird. Clemson at North Carolina state. This is Saturday. Well, we got like a day game situation here. Um, can't really not, I'm having trouble personally getting it up for this one, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I am intrigued by the outcome here more just because Clemson put, up a very weird performance last week and i want to know if maybe clemson is just not 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 the best version of clemson that we've seen the past handful of years like clearly not the best version of them or if they're just having like some weird growing pains and uh they're gonna suss it out a little bit against nc state yeah i uh i am interested to see how slash if their offense evolves at all this year they're only averaging 320 yards a game through and I, I get that one of those weeks was against Georgia and that defense is crazy. But uh like DJ's only thrown for one touchdown this season. That's crazy. Which is nuts. Um, yeah. Concerning. Yeah. He'll he'll get better, but like you you it's fair to ask questions at this point. I don't I don't buy the whole like Clemson's dynasty is done and No, of course not. The window is closed, but like it's fair to ask some questions about him right now. Well, I mean, I think you're just seeing, well, I don't know. I think it's a lot of offensive line stuff. And they played a really, really good, like, overwhelming Georgia team in week one that I think just exposed probably some, something that is a weakness of theirs, which is probably, you know, pure talent on the offensive line. And, um, and then you have a new quarterback. Like, you know, sometimes it takes – a couple games for some people to figure it out and get into the rhythm, what, what they're doing. And I think Clemson also has gotten into the habit of being able to hold a lot of stuff back early in the year because they never have to show anything. So they, and they just have so much skill talent that they can kind of run away from teams. Um, and maybe this year, you know, all those things are a little bit closer to the middle. Yeah, that's fair. Jason, any hard hitting Clemson opinions? No, I think you guys have nailed it. I think it's, Listen, they're they're still Clemson until proven that they're not Clemson. But I think it's we're at a point where we need to. They don't look like it right now, and they've done that in the past. But I don't think it's ever been to this degree. Like 
on offense, right? They've looked they've looked sloppy in the past, but they've never looked like this is goes a step beyond sloppy. Like they look like they are a little bit worse. Yeah, ten four. Okay. Uh, all right. We got Tennessee at Florida this weekend as well. An SEC East matchup for the ages. Uh, I think this is a night game in the swamp. Maybe six p.m. kick, something like that on on ESPN on in the ESPN family of networks. No SEC network for this one. I think it's mm-hmm. ESPN or ESPN two. But uh, yeah, um, I think Florida's like twenty-two and a half point favorite. I saw that's a pretty big spread in this game. Um, Tennessee doesn't have a lot of dudes. I think Florida should be able to handle business in this game. Um, but, you know, quasi-rivalry game, weird things happen. I am a little worried and intrigued to see how Florida handles, like, the tempo sort of spread kind of gimmicky stuff that Tennessee tries to do if they get some first downs. Uh, but on the same token, if Florida's able to run the ball like they were against Alabama and against every other team they've played this year, I think Florida could pound Tennessee in this game. And if Tennessee gets a couple three and outs, it could be one of those, like, the Tennessee defense has played 48 plays in the first quarter of this game kind of situations. And that would uh, be probably not to the benefit of Tennessee long-term in this game. So um, I think there's a a clear talent discrepancy here, but uh, would love to see Emory Jones get rolling, complete some passes. I think they said Richardson might play. Uh, This might be a good opportunity for him to again, not play to get that hamstring. Right. Yeah. But we'll, uh, We'll see how it goes. I, I, I feel strangely at peace about this game, which, of course, makes me feel less peaceful about it. But, uh, yeah, home game. I just hope that there's no hangover from playing Alabama last week. I know that was disappointing. But I do. it does seem that Florida maybe came, came away uh, from last week, like, motivated, not – like, it would have been maybe – harder to get it up for Tennessee if you got beat by like 30 last week. Yeah. And I think they there's were close. So hanging of the heads. Yes. I think there's a, a little bit more motivation and, and um, yeah, Florida's got to be all in until that Georgia game at the end of next month. If they want a chance, if they want another chance at Alabama. So go Gators, you know, we do know. <laughs> it's all been said. Uh, last one before we pick games, Louisiana State University at Mississippi State University. Uh, this was a, a weird one last year, I recall. This was like the first post-COVID game that I think I remember watching. Um, and there was like no one in the stands. And mm. it was a really weird, sloppy game in Mississippi State. LSU came out and like ran like a base 3-4 shell defense the whole time and just got diced up by Mississippi State. This was right after the, L- the same LSU team we saw like dominate Alabama and dominate everyone and win a national championship. And I just remember being like, what is going on in this game? Mississippi state won. It was super low scoring too, but uh, yeah. Uh, maybe a little, you know, revenge game, a little revenge game for LSU. Perhaps. Uh, I saw the line here appears to be LSU favored by two. I might wow. be inclined to sprinkle a little, just like Mississippi state straight up. I, I am reminded hmm. of how, uh, UCLA was able to kind of spread LSU's defense out co- com- combined with, like, the mismatches they created yeah. uh, in the passing game, and I think uh, they might be able to do a similar thing. So keep an eye on it. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that is something to keep an eye on. LSU's played a little bit better 
past couple of weeks, but they haven't really. I think they like beat the tar out of like Central Connecticut State or something. So uh, that is to be expected. Um, Max Johnson, the lefty, playing QB for LSU. Son of Brad. That's right. Brad with that crazy, like, huge face mask that he wore. It's a lot of face masks for a quarterback, I recall. Drew Brees had that face mask in college, I remember. Wow. It's really great recall. No, thank you. (laughs) See, things, unnecessary bits of information. You know this. All right, let's move on to games to pick. Jordan, take us away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again to pick five college football games against the spread. We have a nooner. We've got two 330s. We've got a six, and we've got a 730. Uh, Regrettably, our celebrity guest picker still has not been uh, seeing our DMs to this point. So we might have to get creative with uh, how we get those in front of him or her uh, moving forward. But we, you know, we keep efforting for the people. Uh, so yeah, TBD on that. But uh, anyhow, yeah, as as we mentioned in our previous episode, we are all currently nine and six on the year. This will surely be the week that takes us to the top, further into the black. We're gonna start in Chicago, Illinois, for a neutral site game oh, yeah. between the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin favored by six and a half, and Jason gets to lead us off. Yeah, usually I'm usually I'm pissed about this, but this one seems overly simple to me. Um, I don't I don't think Notre Dame's that good. Like, do we think they're that good? I don't know. Uh, I I personally don't think they're that good. I yeah, Florida, don't. Florida I don't State know that to overtime, and that's gotten Logan uh, really likes that tight end though. Yes, John Mayer. Uh, sure. And then they his, beat his body Toledo, is a wonderland. I don't know if you've beat seen. Toledo by three at home, and then beat Purdue by fourteen. I don't know. I'm not. I'm just gonna keep yeah. going. Um, I'm not overly impressed. Um, and it's Wisconsin's coming off a bye. Uh, Have you been then, impressed with Wisconsin though? I, I just I'm being the devil's advocate, but I'm just curious. Didn't they? I mean, didn't I they mean, like lose a rock fight to Penn State? I mean, that's they lost exactly. a rock fight to win Penn State. They they beat Wake by two. Oh, no, that was last year. Never mind. They they lost a rock fight to Penn State, and then they slammed Eastern Michigan. That's the only oh, two games. That's right. That's right. So not a lot to go on, but yeah, they've done fine in those games. Um, and then yeah, I'm, I'm just not impressed with Notre Dame. I think mm-hmm. I think Wisconsin's defense is pretty good. Yeah, I think a noon game in Chicago at a neutral site kind of lends itself to a hammer fight, and Wisconsin is better suited for a hammer fight than Notre Dame. So it's like gonna that. be a weird mix of fans. Like I oh, yeah. wonder. <laughs> I mean, a just those two schools in general, but like with it being a neutral field, I, I'm wondering what the the power balance is gonna look like. Um, I'm also going to pick Wisconsin. I like that they're coming off a of bye week. The one kind of glaring concern I have is they they turned the ball over three times against Penn State, and I think Notre Dame has a similarly athletic defense, maybe not as disciplined or as effective as Penn State's necessarily is at this point in the year, but um, Graham Mertz got to figure some things out 
hope hope he uh, really spent some time in the film room over the bye week. Got rested, yeah. got healthy, got confident. Uh, I'll take Wisconsin. Also, Jack Cohn facing his his former team, so yeah. you you know they've got the book of secrets on him, right? Um, I think I'm gonna take. I I well, I agree with the sort of anti Notre Dame sentiment, but I think I'm gonna take Notre Dame here. I don't know that Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin winning by a full touchdown in this game seems. I, I think I think it could be more or less. I'm just saying I think it could be closer than that, um, especially if it becomes one of those rock fighty type games uh, that lends itself to a three point four point kind of win, uh, one way or the other. But um, yeah, I I don't want to swing too far in the Notre Dame is bad uh, direction because I think Notre Dame is probably talented and probably. Maybe like we talked about with Clemson, just not as good as they were last year, has had some ugly wins so far this year, but has, you know, managed to, uh, you know, take care of business as much as possible. So um, I don't know. And like I said, I, I don't think I don't think these teams are that different, to be honest. Like, I, I think Wisconsin is uh, has some questions at quarterback, potentially chose the wrong quarterback who may be playing for Notre Dame in this game. Um, and, you know, I know Mertz is uh highly recruited, well-regarded prospect type guy, but propensity to turn the ball over, you know, maybe Hamilton, the safety for uh, Notre Dame, gets a pick or something like that and, and swings the game. I, I'll take Notre Dame um, and those points. All right. Uh, next up, 3.30 p.m. We're going to the ACC for Louisville at Florida State. Uh, 0-3 Florida State. Yeah, really, we kind of brought back the dumpster fire of, of the week. <laughs> Here. Oh man! Uh, what a memory! What a memory! Though. Original listeners to the podcast yeah, for a long yeah. time. Listeners. Yeah, it's for Colin. Yeah, I'm. Only, uh, only Colin. Yeah, so Louisville favored by two here on the road. I'm gonna go ahead and take Florida State, um, surely because this feels like a. It's kind of now or never if you're gonna get anything going at this point in the year. Uh, home home field should still count for maybe a little of something. <laughs> Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe they, maybe Florida State surprises. Like I, I don't think Florida State is is capable of any more negative surprises this year. So I'm, I'm kind of looking for an optimistic. They're due. They're due for a positive surprise. Yeah, it's yeah. got to regress to the mean at some point. So uh, <laughs> like, the mean be a positive surprise. Yeah, beating Louisville. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Ooh. yeah, I'll, I'll take the Nulls here. Mm. Man, this is a weird game. I mean, clearly they think these teams are very even given the spread, right? But I was gonna, I was gonna point out like both of these teams are just like super high volatility, like offensive outfits that yeah. can do some interesting things, but don't necessarily the in this game they don't right. necessarily do consistent things. Uh, if that makes sense, um, I will. Uh, Oh God, I hate this. Yeah, that's why I picked this. <laughs> I really like your, I like your, um, your rationale, Jordan. I'll take Louisville though. Why not? We'll, we'll take, we'll take Louisville here, pure, purely on haterade, um, and you know, maybe, maybe things are really clicking for Louisville and things just get worse for Florida State. I mean, I think Florida State has what? What do we talk about? They have. Syracuse and I think UMass on mm -hmm. the schedule. Those are like the only like two likely wins, wins the rest yeah. of the way. So, uh, 
this is a this is a, a toss up here for sure. But um, I've been like minorly impressed with the Louisville that I've seen, although they're still good for a just like a just a back breaking like turnover in their own end or it's something. The kind like of that. offense that keeps both teams in the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Malik yeah. Cunningham. He's the kind of quarterback. Oh yeah, <laughs> a real jihad Muhammad type, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I might, I might. Um, yeah, I. It's terrible. Sucks so much. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna take Louisville. I think. Uh, I think this gets into like sloppy, score as much as you can, and I think Louisville's better at scoring as much as they can. Um, they actually didn't look horrific against UCF last week. Um. Yeah, they won. Yeah, and Florida State has looked horrific for like 13 consecutive days. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but they kept it close against Notre Dame. Don't yeah, forget. great top 10 team, Notre Dame. Um, John Mayer was out there catching passes. I'm saying, so yeah, give me run give me through the halls that, of his high school. That line, <laughs> that line seems very small, so I'm going to take Louisville. All right. I love it. Uh, next, we have another 3.30 p.m. contest. It's another neutral field, neutral site event. This is Texas A&M. This is Arkansas. They will be playing in Arlington, Texas, I'm assuming, in the house that Jerry built. Um, Dunks. This line is interesting to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it really has not wavered since it opened all week either. Uh, but Texas A&M is favored by five and a half points against undefeated and now top 20 Arkansas, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Top 15 16. even? Number 16. Okay, so not quite top 15. But, uh, yeah, Logan, why don't, you, why don't you get the ball rolling here? Is Calzada's playing quarterback for Texas A&M this game? Yeah, see, this this is going to be a fun exercise. I was going to ask you guys, can you name the quarterbacks that are going to be featured in this game? KJ Jefferson and Zach Calzada. Yeah, that's right. Um, oof. I love Arkansas. Let me get this out of the way early. Love Arkansas. Fun story. Arkansas, to me, is the kind of team, and I know that they beat Texas. Texas they did. potentially has more talent than them, but Arkansas jumped on them and was way more physical than Texas. I, just because Texas has more stars doesn't mean that they don't have more more hogs. If you know what I'm saying, but hey, no. uh, <laughs> Jesus. well, it is what it is. It is yeah, you I thought of that imagine. in the shower like three days no, ago. No, like no, top, top of the dome, top of the dome. My definitely not back. in his notes app. Uh, definitely <laughs> not. No, I still have I still have my pros and cons list from Florida's performance from last week that I've been pouring <laughs> over. Um, that I did not get all out last. If, if we want to revisit that, we can. No, it's it's fine. Um, I will. I'll. I'm going to take Texas A&M though. I think Arkansas might be slightly overvalued at this point, and Texas A&M, like top to bottom, more talented team than Arkansas. This seems like the kind of game where you know maybe it's going crazy for a little bit. Uh, but Texas A&M kind of pulls away. I think they'll cover. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think I think Texas A&M is a low key, like good, good team. Um, I think they had a Jimbo's a good coach. He knows. He I mean, is, he's, yeah. he, he rings a lot out of his teams, I and mean, he's yeah. one. He's one of 
three active coaches that have won a national championship. I mean, that's crazy. They kind of had a had a fartastic performance against Colorado two weeks ago. I think yeah. they got that out of the system. I think they'll be up for this. Um, certainly more of a home game for them. I think they can cover a touchdown. Yeah, J- Jerry's like – Jerry is an Arkansas grad though, right? Yes, yes. He's at least from, so you know he's going to be bussing in all sorts of. He's got he's piping in that music. Antifa's from Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and take Texas A&M as well. Um, oh boy. Fade. Logan, I I like your theory that uh, Arkansas might be slightly overvalued uh, at this point in the season. I'm a big overvalue undervalue kind of guy when it comes to picking games in week three and four obviously um but yeah the one the one kind of stat that is of a little concern to me um is arkansas's rushing offense against a&m's rushing defense uh a&m giving up 162 yards a game and arkansas running for 282 yards a game um so I'm really curious to see are are those kind of numbers that need to quiet down a little bit based on larger sample sizes, or is is that kind of identities already showing through? Um I guess we'll find out, but I'll take AM. And uh yeah. Arkansas has got the benefit of like there's no pressure on them. You yes. Know? They, they are not expected. These next four games are going to be super tough. Uh, so they can just kind of play freely and and uh, follow old Mr. Coach Guy into the flames of the SEC West as as they go. Yeah, and I don't want to take away from, like, it is a cool story. I think Arkansas is, like, they've been fun. They're doing it whatever the right way. It seems like they are, like, the epitome of the build-a-team culture and then, like, yeah. good stuff will follow once everybody's bought in. But I, I mean, at the end of the, the day, the West is so talented and so stacked uh, with good football, as well as maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know that culture is going to overcome uh, Jimbo's, you know, whatever, however many years he's been there recruiting and and you know building that program up too. Their Texas A&M's pretty stacked from a roster standpoint at this point. Yep. All right. Game number four. The Pac-12. I think we're doing a good job of including a lot of conferences this week, boys and girls. Well, people come to us for variety and well-researched discussion about yeah. a, we, a myriad we are the of teams. People's podcast, so we right. try we try to win the popular vote. You know, exactly. from sea to shining sea. Yeah, manifest destiny. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> also, a, a U.S. history term. You're welcome. Sure. Um, yeah, the Pac-12, as we were saying. <laughs> Is, is a manifest destiny of its own in, in some ways. Um, we've got UCLA going to Stanford to take on the Cardinal. This is the 6 p.m. kickoff, so it'll be 3 p.m. local time. The Bruins, favored by four and a half on the road. Jason Crack, please start us off. Yeah, I think I've talked myself into UCLA here. Love the um, confidence. Yeah, I think I think Fresno Fresno actually beat them coming off a bye last week. Yeah. Um, they opened with three home games, going on the road for the first time. Can just 
just tighten up as a team and whatnot. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Chip Kelly's a good enough coach to have him have him looking right. All right, I'm also going to take UCLA. Um, I think it. Stanford. I I typically like to bet the home game or the home team early in the year, especially with stadiums at capacity. Stanford's home field advantage is not one I would call boisterous or significant yeah. um, by any rarely, stretch. Of the rarely at capacity also. Yeah, especially like a, a 3 p.m. afternoon in September. There's a lot of other stuff you can do in in the area. Um, kind of like UVA West, you know. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I also saw what looks to be like another run game discrepancy here that I'm actually going to bet the running offense that I think is could could go wild. That's UCLA. They're averaging over 190 yards per game on the ground, and Stanford is giving up over 200 per contest. Um, and I think UCLA's offense presents enough unique challenges on top of just being like good athletes, but in terms of scheme and things. Um, Stanford's defenses in the past, to me, have never been known for like being super athletic and being able to fly around and pursue the ball. Um, so I think this is the type of offense that potentially gives them a lot of trouble. Uh, so give me the Bruins. Right. Didn't we develop some sort of weird narrative about Stanford against Oregon back in the day? Didn't they always like play Oregon really tough? Granted, Stanford absolutely had it hopping at that point too. They were at their peak, and Oregon yeah, was. Didn't Andrew Luck play? Was Oregon like pretty just tough. yeah, just just post their peak. I just I seem to recall like always being like, "There's no way that that defense should be able to keep up with like a spread attack," and always being like a little bit surprised. Mm. This is not, I don't think, Oregon, nor is it the Stanford of yore. Uh, so I think that I will go with UCLA here. Bounce back, uh, gets the cover. Like you said, if they're able to control the ball and run it as well as they probably want to and as well as Sanford appears to be willing to give up, um, no reason not to think UCLA should be able to cover here. Plus, UCLA is trying to put their stamp on, you know, face of the team from L.A. Yeah. With, with no with no coach across town right now. Yeah. There's an opportunity, an opening of sorts. There's blood in the water. Yeah. Thank you, you, Coach you O. Um, we've got... For the nightcap, a 7.30 kickoff. So we're not we're not staying up super late to watch our picks, guys. It can be a responsible Saturday night bedtime, if you so did. desire. Um, if not, there's, I think, an Arizona State experience taking place Pac-12 <laughs> after dark. Uh, Wet your whistle. That could they mean don't a play. lot of different things. They don't play. <laughs> yeah, they don't play games. They, they just they engage the viewers in experiences. Yeah, they're an experience-based football program um so yeah we're gonna go to the big 12 we've got west virginia traveling to norman to take on the sooners sooners are home favorites by 16 and a half um i'm gonna go west virginia here uh if for no other reason then i just haven't like i'm still not sold on oklahoma as a blow teams consistently out program um i think they're figuring things out and they are getting there certainly maybe more than Clemson is. 
Um, but I think, and if West Virginia can run the ball, like that, that keeps overall possessions down. That keeps opportunity for blowout down. Uh, so I'll take the New Year's in this one. Oof. Yeah, I've been really disappointed in Spencer Rattler's like uh, trajectory this season. I kind of thought he was going to take a huge jump, and they were going to, and Oklahoma was going to be like big, big yeah. time, awesome with a quarterback, you know, coming back that was really good last year. Um, that I kind of thought had most of his growing pains out of the way last year. Uh, all that is to say, I'll go with. Um, I'm going to go with West Virginia here too. Uh, like their fight and defensive performance to put up against Virginia Tech, albeit totally different experience on offense. Also, also a dual threat also. quarterback at Virginia Tech. <laughs> sure. So, uh, anyhow. <laughs> that all said, I think West Virginia is like, they're, they're solid, um, maybe more solid than before. I do think Oklahoma's defense will give up yards and ergo maybe some points would be great. Uh, for this pick. So I'll take the, the Mountaineers. Yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma. Um, oh, there he is. I think, I think they're they're coming off a week where they obviously did not look great against Nebraska, with the exception of one incredible interception. Um, that was the wrong knocked, play. He, it was the wrong he play. He should have knocked it down, yep. Jason. He should have knocked it down. Real football he gave, guys. Boy, he gave up his his team gave if, up twenty five yards in field position. Because I of wish that. I had the words to emphasize how much I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, that's why you're was, why you're not holding the Denny's menu. It was incredible. <laughs> um, but uh, I this feels like a week when I mean, so West Virginia beat Virginia Tech by basically like kind of stuff in the run and enforcing the pass. And I don't think they can do that against Oklahoma. Um, I, I share your kind of meh of Spencer Rattlers, Rattlers, Spencer Rattle. He's too focused on his endorsement deals. Paul. He's ruining college football. Um, But I think this feels like a week when he gets back on track and we go, right. He was the Heisman favorite for a reason. Um, So Jason, without looking, Who's the Heisman favorite right now? Uh, could not tell you with it. Is he still? No. It's our sweet boy, Matt Corral. Oh, at Ole Miss. Dude. They, when do we get to watch some Ole Miss? Yeah. You want to talk about, like. Well, I'm sure they play on Saturday. They look, they look fun as all hell. Bro. Let's take a look. It, see. Is, it is an avalanche of. Yeah things coming at you with Ole don't Miss. they play alabama this week <laughs> do they no, no they don't, i don't think they play this week no oh, okay. lane was just talking about alabama oh okay always he's always talked about he's alabama. Always talking alabama. About <laughs> alabama lives rent free in his head but it's, it's oh no they, yeah they play alabama next week okay that's why he was talking yeah are they off this week i believe they are idle this week oh damn wow um, let me take a look. See, they play Alabama next week. Yes, they're off this week. Wow. Does Alabama play this week? Alabama plays Southern Miss. Oh, oh, big game. The fighting Brett Favre in the Delta. Yeah, <laughs> the Delta. <laughs> That's right. The Delta that includes Alabama. Um, <laughs> well, and and Mississippi. Right, right, right. Famous deltas of, of which Southern Mississippi is a part. Correct. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I am excited to see Ole Miss 
and Alabama. That was a fun game last year. Uh, I have a feeling that Nick Saban has been up at night pacing around his house, maybe on his pontoon boat, just going for a putt around, you know, drawing up some coverages. Taking deep breaths. Yeah, but um, it's been really interesting. Also makes me wonder what a Matt Corral in orange and blue would have looked like. He was a Jim Jim McElwain commit at Florida, which which is crazy to think about those dark times. Um, and what they could have what they could have yielded. Just but, watch him hand the ball off thirty eight times a game. Yeah, and then transfer to Ole Miss and still play there. Yeah. Uh, awesome. But anyhow, this is, so um, real quick. Would like to. We're, we're done picking games here. We're done. We're picking finished games, right? with picks. We're, we're finished. All right. So lock them in. Take them to the bank. Call your bookie. Do your thing. Not that I would do it responsibly. Do it responsibly. Don't bet on teams from Virginia if you're in the state of Virginia. Right. Um, yada yada. Let's go back to the coaching carousel real quick. Is Lane Kiffin on the move? Like, do you think what oh, kind of times. what kind of job needs to come open for Lane Kiffin to leave Ole Miss? And I will say he doesn't seem like overly like thrilled to live in Mississippi. Not that like most a lot of people are, but I think he he enjoyed living in Boca. I'm just gonna Do you think that. he'd take the Miami job? That is what I'm interested in. Yeah, he would. And that and really worried about. Because I feel like Miami Lane is like <laughs> Miami Lane would, would <laughs> is be, an evolution he wants to achieve. I feel like Miami Lane would be a this guy would have been the head coach at the Raiders, USC, Tennessee, Tennessee, FAU. <laughs> that makes me Ole Miss. Ole Miss. And Miami in his I just wanna, at, like, uh, at like 48 years old. Yeah. I just want to see. Hold on. How old is Lane Kiffin right now? He can't be 50. Yeah, he's 46. Um, <laughs> I just want to see the the intro to Cocaine Cowboys with that ridiculous Pitbull song. Yes. That I love deeply. I just want to see that spliced with like Lane sideline smirks. and Just Lane. Just Lane throwing up touchdowns. Like, Lane throwing I, a clipboard think... into the air and... From a, I mean, I think any sort of like hitching your wagon to the Lane Kiffin experience is going to be a comic comet ride, and it's going to be, it's going to be entertaining. I don't know if it's going to land in National Championshipville or not. It's going to be healthy, he, but it'll be fun. In many ways, he seems to me to be like the the spiritual successor to Steve Spurrier, right? Like, kind of yeah. likes to pick. Kind of like is a what what did uh, some some announcer said? Yes, a bit of an instigator, kind of a loose cannon, like a fun interview. Um, what did uh, some announcer last year called him like a notorious scab picker? Like he's the kind of guy <laughs> like that, that will find will find what your deep much like Spurrier will find what your defense doesn't like to do or is not good at or and will just hammer and pick. Or I guess I should say we'll just pick at the scab right yeah. there all day until uh, you're bleeding uncontrollably and you die. So anyhow, that that all said, I'm just like I'm I'm interested. I gotta I'm interested to see what happens with Lane Kiffin. It would be tough to see him coaching at Miami because uh, I think Florida has to play Miami here in a couple of years uh, again. On Virginia's got to play him every year. Virginia's got to play him every year. Uh, but it would be also in some ways probably fun for college football for Miami to have a guy that maybe matched their uh, pizzazz or what they what they fancy their pizzazz as being. I just don't know if um, – I mean, I don't, I don't know at this point if, if Miami – I mean, you, you might take the job because it's "quote unquote" a better job or more ho- high profile, but uh, I don't know that they p- would pay more than Ole Miss. Yeah, which yeah, is crazy I, to say. I but. think I almost think that would be like a lateral move. 
at this point. Like, because sure. I feel like when Ole Miss is good, that's a really good, attractive spot. But when it's sure. not, like, Matt Luke Ole Miss, Miss yeah. was not <laughs> like. Oh, speaking of, he's he's on Georgia's sideline, isn't he? He is. Yes. Yeah. He's got he's got potential head coach at Virginia Tech energy. Maybe he could take the uh pretty pastoral and doughy looking. Yeah, know. he could take the Cincinnati job when Luke Fickle leaves. Oh, just gotta have a guy who's has Luke in his name somewhere yeah. at all times. Yeah, they're a big gospel gospel school. All right. Um, well we we've slipped into we've slipped into this conversation yeah, again. Silly but it is it is the silliest, but And uh, then we gotta find a landing spot for Justin Puente, obviously. So Ole Miss. Or Florida State. Oh God. They would riot at Florida State if they they like hired <laughs> from Mike They Norvell. hired the three Norvell. Oh, we want to keep it in the in the Memphis tree. <laughs> we love we love a good uh we, 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 we took a branch too low on the Justin Fuente coaching yeah. tree. We went we went and took Justin Fuente himself. We, we, we gotta go to the source. <laughs> uh couldn't happen to a better group of guys up there in Tallahassee though, you know. Gotta gotta say it. All right, that's all I got. It's going to be a fun week. Um, these weekends where we struggle to find games always yield the most fun and chaotic results. So strap in, boys. One one other game of note. Uh, Virginia Tech plays Richmond. Would, would it not be the funniest <laughs> ever <laughs> if Justin Fuente's time at Virginia Tech ended the way Bronco Mendenhall's at Virginia began? And that's with a loss to the Richmond Spiders. That's when sports and art combine. Oh. Yeah. Sometimes life is just, just something to think better about. Than, it's better than fiction, you know? Yeah, just something to think about. <laughs> I, I will think about that. That would be, you're right, super funny, super funny. Okay, thanks for joining us. It's the Wheel Route Podcast. You know what it is. At the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com, thewheelroute.com. Go to the website, listen to the show right there, or get it from your favorite podcast acquisition service. Until we meet again, go Gators. <laughs> go Hoos. Hey, go Dukes. Go Dukes.